Uh, I played in him roughly from about the age of under 12 to about under 17s, right when he was pushing through to the senior setup at Birmingham. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see stacking up with some Ballon d'Ors in a few years. Welcome back to the Sports Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Conrad Glennon. Currently recording a day after England's 2-1 defeat to France in the quarterfinal of the World Cup in Qatar. Definitely a tough pill to swallow overall. I, I did think we were the better side. I usually don't like using the officiating as an excuse, but there were a few controversial decisions from the referee last night, to say the least. Secondly, I, I would like to apologise if I sound a little bit bunged up. I think I'm coming down with something. Obviously, the temperature is dropping outside. It's as we approach winter, there was no way I could reschedule as our guest today is a very busy man. Speaking of, we are joined by one of my close childhood friends and former Birmingham City Academy footballer, Alec Prosser. How have you been, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast today. Yes, yeah, no worries at all, mate. It's a pleasure to have you on. I actually do appreciate it. Um, firstly, what did you make of the game last night? Give me some standout performances. Well, being English myself, I thought it was a really tough loss uh, for the boys, but... Despite the loss, I thought we showed excellent character, particularly in that midfield with the duo of Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. I thought they were absolutely phenomenal about the park all night, putting in a great shift. But ultimately, France won the game. We didn't get the result. They move on. We're out. What can you do? Yeah, it is a shame. But you mentioned Jude Bellingham, and that man is the talk of the town at the moment. Such a Bright young talent. Um, his performance against Senegal is one of the best solo performances I have seen in a while. I think he picked up an assist to Henderson for the first goal, but he, he is on top form right now. And for those who don't know, Alec, you played alongside Jude when you were younger, which feels weird to say considering he's only 19 at the moment, but we can see he's got immense talent at the moment. Was it always that way? Oh, absolutely. He always was the best player in every age group that he played in. He was a star man for sure. Uh, I played with him roughly from about the age of under 12 to about under 17s, right when he was pushing through to the senior setup at Birmingham. So I saw an immense rise and saw how competitive he was, how professional he was, and just how serious he was on the on the football pitch. And I can see why he's now pushing to be one of the best players in the world. Birmingham has had quite a successful academy. It's, uh, it's quite fruitful with some of the players they develop and produce. Um, the Damari Gray currently playing at Everton and Jack Butland. I think he's sitting in the reserves for Crystal Palace. But Wast Hills, the home of the Birmingham Academy Complex, um, I think it's graded Cat 1. Would I be correct in saying that? Uh, Up until recently it was, yeah. Unfortunately, dropped down to Cat 2 now. But at the time, me and Jude were in the academy. It was Cat 1, which means that essentially it's the best place for footballers, young footballers like myself and Jude, to develop our talent and become better footballers. Uh, yeah. Obviously, with inspirations like uh, Damari Gray and Nathan Redmond, it's yeah. just great people to look forward to, look up to, look forward to, and see what your future career could be like. Do you know, do you know of any other Cat One training facilities or, or developing that we can compare for the viewers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, essentially, Cat One, majority of the Premier League, higher end championship teams would be Cat One. Obviously, it just means that they'll have the best facilities, the best coaches, uh, the best everything really to help develop a young footballer and hopefully make them something special. I think it's great what these academies can offer for these young players. Um, I think it's fair to say that Jude is probably the 
poster boy for academy success, especially within the UK. Um, obviously, he's out in Dortmund at the moment, flourishing in the Bundesliga. And he's getting a lot of attention from mainstream clubs. Like I think Real Madrid are interested. I think Manchester United, Liverpool are amongst top contenders to to sign Jude as soon as he comes out of his contract at Dortmund. Um, obviously, at these academies, it's, it's, it's not just the players. Obviously, their skill and talent plays a big part, but we know that there's a lot more that goes into it and there's a lot of players behind the scenes that are really doing their part to help these players. Oh, no doubt, for sure. Uh, can't take away from footballers and their just dedication and hard work to achieve their goals and dreams, but there's a plethora of backroom staff uh, coaches, family members, just a lot of other people who uh, are in the background really, who don't reap the rewards, who help out these players and help their development. I just, uh, in particular, I'd like to give a mention to Mike Dodds, who is the technical academy director at uh, Birmingham City during the time of Jude and also when I was playing. And he played a pivotal role in uh, developing a lot of talent and he was a big influence on Jude especially. What else can we expect from him? Absolutely, there's definitely plenty more to come for him. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see Jude stacking up with some Ballon d'Ors in a few years. Well, Alec, uh, I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. You've been uh, a pleasure. It's really appreciate it. And I think some of your insights are very helpful, especially for younger audience out there who just want to know, you know, uh, what it's like behind the scenes, especially coming up through the ranks as a young player. Um, would you like to say anything just before we leave? Yeah, absolutely. I'd just like to say thank you for having me. And uh, I do hope that we see Jude develop and grow into the world-class player that we all know he can be. Earlier in the podcast, Alec mentioned Technical Academy Director Mike Dodds. Um, I've since done some further research into this supposedly influential character. And as it turns out, he was the muse behind Jude's decision to don the number 22. And as we know, the, the number 22 isn't a conventional number, especially not for someone who carries so much power within their team. But there is a logical reason behind this. According to Mike Dodds, uh, Jude was always seen as a player who can play anywhere on the pitch, whether it be a defensive half, the number four, a box-to-box midfielder, the number eight, or even an out-and-out striker, which is, of course, the number 10. Now, when you add all these numbers together, you get 22, and I think that is a fair reflection of Jude's playing style. Like we have mentioned earlier, he gets stuck in all game, and we often see him make last-ditch tackles, important passes, as well as as well as score goals quite regularly. Um, but yeah, th- this was followed by a discussion into the footballing academy systems. Um, and whilst I agree with Alec for the most part in that they are extremely beneficial and offer young athletes with a more direct opportunity to play for big clubs, I do think there are major flaws with how they are designed. Um, I've got a small snippet here from a news article that was published a couple of years ago. It reads... Um, 18-year-old took his own life only a few weeks after being dropped by Manchester City's academy. His family said he found it difficult to deal with the release. And for so many different reasons, this is such an upsetting story. But for for me, I think it highlights a major problem with the UK's way of handling their youth players. Um, You know, it it appears that the the boy felt like he had spent his whole life training to to become a Premier League player, you know, to play for a big club. only to be dropped, you know, when he was right at the peak, when he was 18. And this almost left him with no alternative career path since he had put his whole his whole life into football, his whole focus into football. And uh, I don't like crediting Americans with 
doing better than us when it comes to sports, but I much prefer their collegiate system and I, and I think it's just overall a lot safer for, for the athletes. If I'm not mistaken, I think in the States, anyone, any player who wants to play professionally must study at university whilst they play at the, the university level before they make it into the big leagues. And I think this sort of ensures that they have a safety net almost um, should their athletic career not go to plan. Um, I, just, I just think if a similar system was put in place in the UK, then perhaps we'd see less heartbreaking stories like this. Just just the other week, we saw the, the Premier League's youngest ever player come on in a game. Um, Arsenal's Ethan Wanieri. He was just 15 years old. Whilst obviously I agree this is a great achievement and extremely impressive for the young lad, I, I, I just think... I don't know, is it is it too young? I think the youngest players in the, the, the NFL and the NBA are all 18 or above because they all go to university. And I think perhaps we should take a leaf out of their book and potentially aim to improve the mental well-being and stability of our young athletes. I have been Conrad Glennon. This has been the Sports Conversation. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time.